asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today, we're talking about good debt versus bad debt. Today on the show, we're going to define good debt, bad debt, and then give some tips on managing your debt. Some people don't even believe there is such a thing as bad debt, and we'll let them know, yes, there is. So, man, have you saved any money this week? So, I mentioned on a recent episode, uh, the one about cutting your monthly bills, that I was paying yeah. way too much for my internet service, because I decided Oh, to, yeah, because you got the Primo service, but, but then it kind of sucked. Yeah, I, yeah. Tried to, <laughs> I decided to try out the gig speed that they were floating in our neighborhood, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great, and life on gig speed. I'm never going to go back. And I just realized that it didn't provide much value over regular internet speeds for me. And so I took my own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted at the AT&T folks. They got back to me pretty quick. I had to pick up the phone and talk to them because you know they old school like that. Uh, but ultimately, dude, I'm saving $70 a month what? on my internet bill. That's over $800 a year. Wait, what were you paying if, you, if you're saving 70 So when I initially signed up, it was $80 a month. And yeah. then they just last month bumped it up to 90 which was that kick in the pants that uh, I, was, I needed to, to totally so destroy that. you got it down to 20 bucks? Down to 20 bucks a month. For what speed? 50 megs. What? Yep. Okay. That's pretty good, dude. That's how I roll, man. That's for, like uh, for got, how long? Got that locked in for a year. A year? Oh, man, that's really good. I was going to say for maybe six months. 
there's uh, not much better than just axing $70 out of your monthly budget. Yeah, dude, that's huge. And being able to reallocate it. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that right now. Beers on you for the next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of beers, uh, we've been tailgating a little bit here. A little pregame, a little pre-podcast beer. Uh, and a listener of the show, Austin. Thanks, man. He, uh, he dropped these by my house the other week. And so we're drinking some Wicked Weed Lieutenant Dank, which is a, a solid IPA. But don't worry, that's not the only beer we're having tonight. We're about to pop another one. We'll no, yeah, there. that's just our uh, that's our pregame beer. But real quick, you wanted to tell me about some razors you recently oh, bought? Yeah, please fill me in. So the razors I didn't buy because my parents came and visited, and I don't. Do your parents show up with a box of crap from? <laughs> no, not <laughs> really. Oh well, they show from up, your childhood, uh, from your like in your closet or whatever. No, they okay. just usually show up with presents for my daughters. So, oh, yeah. Well. Why aren't your parents awesome? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Um, yeah, I mean, my folks do that too. However, they're starting to clear out uh, my room. And so they show up every now and then with like a massive fruit box from Costco full of like books and just tons of other stuff. What do they like? Keep it the same? Kind of like Ray Finkel's mom and Ace Ventura Pet Detective? I don't think I've ever watched Ace Ventura all the way through, man. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a huge uh, Jim Carrey fan. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's the best scene. His mom like leaves the room like the way it was when he was. I've heard of people a doing teenager. It. Yeah, and uh, and Ace Ventura walks into the room and it's just all creepy and stuff. And uh, it's <laughs> so I'm imagining that your oh mom, yeah yeah yeah. So I'm imagining that your mom kept the room in I that exact it. way, and now she's starting to make some changes. Starting to unload. Yeah. No. So yeah, they show up with a box full of stuff, and they say, "Here, here's a bunch of your stuff. You can toss it or keep it, whatever." And so I was going through one of the boxes recently and my razor handle, you know, like the metal aluminum handle and, yeah. some, and a little tray of razors were in there from when I was like 16 years old, man, from when I was in high school. Dude, can you going to start using that stuff? Do I look like freshly shaven? Yeah, I don't see toilet paper all over your yeah. face. So <laughs> Exactly. So I saw it and I thought, well, first of all, the, the handle is like old school. It was, I think it was my dad's from like the eighties when I hit the big P and started having to <laughs> shave. <laughs> I, uh, I think he just gave me his and he got a new one. And so it's kind of cool. It's like they don't make them like that anymore. It's like solid and heavy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, I, I popped one of the razors on there and I, I was like, I think this is still sharp. And so I shaved last night, dude. It looks good, buddy. Those razors are going to last me for like another two, three years because I don't have to shave very often. And it's way smoother than like shaving with Kate's like leg razors, which totally irritate my skin. Uh, what's the difference between male and female razors? Because I feel like men can't really use the women's razors. That, that no, you they can. You just, it's like a different angle or something. Is it the angle? Oh, I don't Cause, know. Because Emily's tried to use my razors before and you know, she gets cut up a little bit more. And I've tried to use hers and just have a hard time with them. Oh, I, what, I don't know. Is it, I, it, someone knows out there. And I, yeah, I know, know the internet us, knows. Let us but, know. <laughs> yeah. Holler at us. All I know is that it, it felt way smoother and way better uh, using that razor than using Kate's disposable. So. And by the way, speaking of hollering at us, we just got an email from a listener in Western Australia. Perth. <laughs> Perth, Australia, man. It's so awesome. Dude, it's so fun. Uh, probably my favorite part of doing this podcast, even above drinking the beer and hanging out with your well-shaven face, mm, so it, is getting emails, is is hearing from the people that listen to the show. And that's a, that's a lot of fun, uh, hearing people's stories, why they listen, what they're learning, and how they're implementing some of these strategies into their yeah. lives in order to, to reach their financial goals. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I completely agree. Shout out to Craig. He uh, was... Yeah, he shared with us some of the things that sort of resonated with him, even on the other side of the world. And it just... It's crazy, but it just makes it the world seem so small because there's people all over the world that share the same values you do and, and, and enjoy the same things. And it makes you think that you could kind of get together 
even though you've never met and have a great time you know it's like let's just get together and hang out all you people yeah it seems like a small <laughs> world until you jump on the airplane for that 16 hour flight yeah and then you're like oh wait that's a long way away uh but i, I was someone someone sounds spoiled man i've never been to australia <laughs> it was nice uh but i will say too, craig it's awesome i love that he told us that he listens to the podcast while riding his bike along the river yeah yeah he was literally listening to our episode on why commuting will kill you and he was listening to that one while he was biking home from work that can't help but make you crack a smile yeah, right it's perfect it's so perfect. all right matt so today on the show we're drinking hop and frog infusion a coffee porter so where did you get this because <laughs> because i've never even heard of this brewery hop and frog so i will say uh because the, their branding's really bad. So the label is complete trash. Yeah. I, I really don't like it. And the first time I ever had a Hop and Frog beer was when a friend shipped me one. They're based out of Ohio. Okay. Uh, and they distribute now where we are. And so oh, we, they have, do? we have a little more access to them. So actually, I got this beer on the discount rack at my local beer store. Dude, I need to go there. He's always putting the good stuff on the discount, on the discount rack. Why is, he, why is he unloading these beers? He just wants to move them, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess just beers that don't sell super well or a beer that's been on the shelf for a little while longer. And so this one is a uh, coffee porter with chocolate and peanut butter. And I don't know if you could tell right when we popped it, did, did your nostrils fill with peanut butter smells? A little bit. Not nearly like some of the bourbon barrel stuff that we have, but... Yeah, bourbon's well, just a more powerful scent in general. But yeah, now that I've got my nose up in it, full-on chocolate, smell some of that coffee, like a nuttiness. Yeah, so this is a porter, and porters are definitely a bit thinner in mouthfeel and viscosity than a stout. And this particular beer, it retains a lot of that porter thinness, but it does have some really nice peanut butter notes uh, and, and a little bit of coffee in there as well. Yeah, super nutty. Yeah. I, I completely agree, man. Yeah, it pours a really dark brown as you're pouring it, but now that's here in the glass, it's like pitch black. But uh, yeah, but it's thinner. It kind of wiggles around there in the glass, not like a thick barrel-aged stout. Yeah, and it feels a little bit thinner in your mouth as well, a little easier to drink. Yeah, so I think it's a certainly a solid representation of the coffee porter and you know a couple adjuncts in there, which just mean additions like chocolate and peanut butter, and that kind of rounds it out and gives it you know a little more flavor, a little more interest. You know, porters are not my go-to. It's not something I usually enjoy, but uh, even with their terrible labels, I always give hop and frog a chance because man they make some of the best stouts out there that's I've really had, good i've had some really really good stuff from them before and uh this one definitely worth a shot it's solid although not top tier in my opinion yeah the fact that this is a porter though too it's makes it definitely easier to drink in the summer you know like some of those huge stouts it's, it's tough to drink those in the summer like maybe once like once a summer <laughs> or like once a month or something like that you know yeah when but, it's in the 80s and 90s you don't want this giant oily yeah, machine glo gloopy beer yeah <laughs> whereas this this still drinks it feels it feels light in your mouth but it gives you those darker chocolatey roasted flavors so you kind of get that profile without getting weighed down by the heaviness of the of, of a boozy beer i'm with you not my favorite but uh i dig it all right matt so let's tackle the topic good debt versus bad debt and i guess the ultimate question and the debate rages in the personal finance community is there such a thing as good debt yeah, man. And for you listeners out there as well, I'm sure that's something you've heard of, right? Like you've heard plenty of people say that, oh, debt's bad. You want to try to avoid debt as much as possible. But then kind of the more you get into it and the more you maybe research, you start seeing folks saying, well, oh, there's, you know, there is maybe some good debt out there. Or there's some different rules. So we're going to talk about this more generally, I guess, but we're going to talk about the differences between what we would characterize as good debt and, and what we'd characterize as bad debt. 
Yeah, and I wonder if even good debt is the best term to use, just not awful debt, maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I wouldn't say there's any debt that, you, that could be characterized as good where I would say, go get some of that debt right now. It's great. But yes, I the, agree. But at least it's not awful debt, right? So, yeah. uh, and I think there is a, a big difference to be made. And then I think we can parse out some of the details of you know debt that you should consider terrible debt that you need to attempt to eliminate as quickly as possible. And then other debts that you might be carrying that you can afford to pay the minimums on, or at least just afford to pay off a little more slowly over time. Yeah, man, that's good. Also, a good way to maybe think about it is that debt and loans are tools and they can be used poorly and unwisely. And that could take somebody further into debt and kind of on this downward cycle of spending and consumption. But at the same time, in the hands of somebody that knows what they're doing, right, that has the knowledge and experience and and knows how to use the debt, how to leverage it, then perhaps that same product, right, like that same loan or that same debt could could be very beneficial. Yeah. I mean, I think one good episode that we've done that kind of correlates to this is our episode on using credit cards like a pro. Yeah. I mean, credit cards, obviously... Our debt, right? <laughs> or they're, they're tools of debt. And so in the hands of one person, a credit card can be this awesome tool to get frequent flyer miles. And yeah, get the sign-up bonuses. That's my favorite. Yeah, and jet set or get some awesome cashback bonuses uh, and still never be accruing any interest at all. And then in the hands of someone else, they can be using it essentially to buy lifestyle yeah. and paying the minimums every month and essentially digging themselves in a bigger hole month after month after month because they don't know how to use it properly. Yeah. So in the same way, as we approach this episode, again, it's not necessarily good debt, but that's how we're going to refer to it. And in the hands of one person, it can be used wisely. And in the hands of another, it can be used for great harm. Yeah, man, that's right. So generally speaking, good debt is borrowing money for something that will appreciate over time. And so so an example of this definitely would be mortgages, right? You buy a house or you, you know you mortgage the house and over time you expect it to go up in value. Generally speaking, we would call that a good debt. Again, we don't want to put out this blanket statement because if someone hears that, oh, mortgage debt is a good debt, we don't want to encourage someone to go out and rack up a massive mortgage payment, right? Because that might be bad for their situation. It just depends on the individual. But generally speaking, a mortgage is considered good debt. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Yeah, so let's dig a little bit deeper into that, Matt, especially in this interest rate environment, having a mortgage at a low interest rate. And many people out there listening that have a home with a mortgage are probably paying somewhere between three and a half and four and a half percent on that mortgage. Record lows for mortgage interest rates. Yeah. And so considering where rates are headed and the fact that you probably have something locked in for a long period of time, that makes it really smart to actually hold on to that low interest rate debt and use the surplus that you might have put towards paying it down more quickly into something that is even more beneficial. So something like you and I would say, investing in more real estate, buying something uh, that will also appreciate in value over time and provide cash flow every month. And if you're not interested in that, well, then putting more away in your retirement accounts, in your 401k or your Roth IRA, those would be better uses of your extra funds to save for the future than to try and pay down your low interest rate mortgage more quickly. Yeah, man. So basically what, what you're describing is leveraging debt. And so essentially, when you have, say, specifically a mortgage that's locked in at a low rate, 4% these days, right around there, 
And if you can say make 10% in the stock market, well, you're, you've got a spread of 6%. And so instead of taking your money and paying it down towards your mortgage, which is essentially and effectively going to earn, earn you 4%, right? Because if you're paying 4% and you're able to eliminate that mortgage, you're saving yourself 4%. So you're making 4%. Um, instead of doing that, you're going to make 6%. But yeah, that's the general idea. Yeah. And I think that doesn't even take into account, you know, the potential tax implications where your home mortgage is tax deductible. Oh yeah. And your 4% interest rate is actually effectively much lower than that. And then on top of that, investing in the stock market in tax advantage accounts could save you money on taxes either now or in the future. And that creates an even greater spread. Yeah. It's like a double whammy where, where yeah, where the, the spread's even wider. Yeah. So the main thing I would tell people to be cautious of is over leveraging themselves and taking on more debt than they can actually afford to pay off on a monthly basis. Right. So it's not wise to take out low interest rate debt even just for the purpose of trying to finagle a spread. And if the stock market experiences a prolonged trough, yeah, that could certainly create a lot of worry and a lot of sleepless nights for you. But I guess the main key here is if you have a mortgage that is at a low interest rate, and you have extra cash to pay it off. Is that the wisest use of your funds? Yeah, man. So again, this is how a mortgage can be considered a good debt. Uh, it makes sense if you're looking at it from a number standpoint, right? Because if you're locked in to a lower rate, you can do a lot of other things with that money than paying down that low interest debt. It's tough to say these sort of general blanket statements of like mortgage debt is good. But generally speaking, you know, the numbers can make sense for you to maintain your mortgage and to not pay that off. And ultimately, you're going to budget for a place to live every month, whether that's rent or a mortgage, right? And so the thing I want to warn people away from is from paying down low interest rate debt more quickly than they need to when their money could be allocated better elsewhere. That's right. And I think at least at this point in time where we're at with interest rates, mortgages are just the perfect example of that. To have something that is locked in at such a low rate for such a long period of time, there's a good chance that as you earn more in your job or as you cut back your expenses, that those extra savings should go more towards appreciating assets or towards investing in the stock market than just towards servicing your debt at a faster rate. Yeah, man. So in the end, good debt is borrowing for things that will go up in value uh, when you're locked into a low rate that allows you to free up that money to then invest in other things that are going to earn more than what you're paying against that debt. So that's good debt. Joel, you want to talk some about bad debt? Yeah, Matt. So bad debt is essentially borrowing money to pay for something that depreciates and usually at a higher interest rate. For example, in our episode about cars, we said that taking out loans for an automobile is a terrible idea because of the rapid rate of depreciation, right? And so ultimately, it's a bad debt because even though you might get a super low interest rate, it's just not smart to finance things that are going to depreciate that quickly. Yeah, man, that's right. It's just consumption, you know, or oftentimes it's called consumer debt because literally you're just consuming it. Like it's just something that you're eating. <laughs> you're just like feeding your belly and nothing ever comes of it. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing that grows at all. Yeah. So other examples of that would be credit card debt, title loans, Buying a boat, right? <laughs> or a jet ski. Uh, there are... I don't think I hear anyone that ever is happy about buying a boat, you know? Well, they, you know, they say that the best day, two best days in your life are the days you bought the boat and the day you sold it. So, and the day that it sinks. Yeah, right. <laughs> to collect the insurance check. 
but just like good debt can create a positive spread between the low interest rate debt and the higher interest rate you can earn on investing, bad debt does pretty much the exact opposite and creates a gap of loss that you just can't overcome. A lot of times people think that they can take that money that they would have put down to paying for whatever that they're purchasing in cash. And instead of paying for that in cash, they think, oh, I can take this now and invest it. But what they're not really taking into account is that, well, first of all, you've got your interest payments on that, right? But then on top of that, you've got that rate of depreciation. And so specifically for a car, you're looking at close to 15% a year in depreciation on a new vehicle. And so if you've got, say, I don't even know if this is a current interest rate for a car, but say you're paying 5% on a car and you're looking at 15% depreciation, you're looking at needing to make at least 20% in some investment in order to even break even, right? And that's really not possible. <laughs> and anyone that's promising you that, run away in the yeah, other direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so just keep in mind that what characterizes bad debt is borrowing for things that depreciate in value, that ultimately will have no value, and ultimately, in the end, make you poor. Yeah. And the tough thing is that in our culture right now, there's access to cheap debt for all sorts of things. Right. And we can find ourselves paying monthly payments on a crazy variety of items at this point. You can take out a loan for dental work or a new air conditioner. Or a sofa. There's a million things yeah. out there, right? <laughs> that you can quickly and easily take out a loan for. But with some thoughtfulness and discipline, you can avoid that consumer culture and that idea that taking on debt willy-nilly for every little inconvenience that you encounter or every little thing that you consider buying, staying away from taking on debt just because it's cheap I mean, that's just smart. Cool, Joel. Yeah. So those are generally speaking, the kind of differences that you're going to see between good debt and between bad debt. Again, these are sort of relative terms. So we're a little hesitant to categorize some debt as always being good debt or categorizing some debt as always being bad because so much of it depends on what you're going to do with that money, right? You know, it's a tool. Like it's not necessarily good or bad. It kind of depends on what you're going to do with that. And in the hands of a smart investor, uh, who knows what they're doing with their money, that can lead to more wealth for them. And on the contrary, in the hands of someone who is just using uh, that sort of financing to f basically finance their life to pay for consumption and their lifestyle, that is not going to lead to more wealth. If you're considering taking on more debt, I want you to be skeptical. I want you to be wary and I want you to be prudent. We're trying to cut through the nuances of debt and how it affects you, what's good, what's bad. And we're about to get into some more practical tips on, on how you actually apply these principles. Ultimately, some of the debt that's in your life that you might be trying to pay down more quickly, you might want to hold off on paying down. But don't let this episode be an excuse to go out and take on debt that you don't need and that you can't afford Right. to pay for things that are going to depreciate in value. And even if you're taking out debt to, to buy something like a home, or to go back and get something like a master's. Even on smarter debt choices like that, you're going to want to crunch the numbers and make sure that that purchase makes sense for you as an individual. Yeah, man, this is tricky, right? <laughs> like this is hard. It's, it's kind of hard to talk about because yes, there are generally speaking things and products out there, right? Tools that are good. And there are other products out there that are generally bad. But so much of this depends on the individual at the stage of life they're in. It's such a personal decision. And so much of this comes down to the individual that, yeah, like Joel said, just be careful. Because <laughs> even the smartest thing on paper for you as an individual could be terrible for your finances. Yeah. And just a quick example, I read this great article in the New York Times just last week about 
people that decided to go to college and take on student loans, but then didn't finish college. And so most financial experts would say, taking on student loans to go to college, that's a wise debt to take on, right? But if you're not able to finish college, if you take on more loans than you can handle and you don't graduate and find a job in that profession, well, that decision to take out student loans for an education that you didn't finish will actually end up harming you more. Yeah. So that's why these debt decisions do come down to you as a person in so many ways. Yeah, Joel, it's good that you mentioned student loans because that's an area where it's kind of gray, right? Like a lot of folks would say that, yes, this is a great thing. Like you said, a lot of financial advisors would say, certainly this is going to increase potential earnings down the road, you know, 10 years down the road, you're going to make way more money. Well, it could, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and like you said, there's so many people that are getting saddled with tons of student loan debt. I mean, it's in the trillions right now in the United States. Yeah. I mean, statistics bear out, Matt, that if you get a college education, you will more than make your money back on that investment over the long term. A couple of the keys when you're thinking about taking out student loans are try to keep them to a minimum and try to take out as much low interest rate student loan debt as you can. And ultimately get a degree in something that interests you and that will actually help you in the real world. I think if you stick to those principles when you're taking out student loan debt, there's a really good likelihood that that is a smart decision for you. Yeah, man, that's a good word. Like actually consider how much you might be making, right? It's sort of like, I mean, it's a business decision. It's like how much money am I willing to invest now? And what will the end profit potential be? Look at it that way. You know, if you're going into it from like an art history major standpoint, no offense to all the art history majors out there, but obscure Russian <laughs> literature major, but know what the potentials are for that and treat it like a business because essentially it is because in the end, if you're stuck with loads of debt and you have a degree that doesn't earn you the type of income to make those payments, then you're going to be in a world of hurt from a financial standpoint. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest they are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. 
I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Andrew, so you just mentioned some practical tips for student loans. You want to mention some other ones for folks? Ultimately, when you're considering what debts you want to pay down, the first thing you always have to be careful to do is to at least pay the minimums on every monthly payment of debt that you have. If you are late or you miss a payment for your credit card bill, your student loan payment, your mortgage, those things have consequences that can ultimately add interest and penalties to the debt you already have. And you don't want to be in that position. So paying the minimum on everything is the place to start. Yeah, man, that's right. Make sure that those minimum payments are met. That's the first thing. The next thing though, if your employer is offering a company match towards your retirement savings, that is something you pretty much always want to continue to fund, pretty much regardless of what your interest rates are on any other debt that you have, right? A lot of employers will match 50% up to 6% of what you contribute. Some will even match 100% up to 6%. It's not as common, but I mean, you can't beat that 50% to 100% on your money. Even if you have the highest credit card debt, hopefully you're not paying anywhere near 50%. That would be insane. So even though it might feel like you're under a high percentage rate, make sure that you're continuing to contribute to your 401k if your company is offering a match before you start looking at paying down some of that high interest debt. Hopefully you don't have any high interest debt that is greater than 50%. If you do, that's probably first in line, but hopefully that's not the case. So make sure you get that match. After that, the next step you'll want to take with extra funds that you have is to start paying down the highest interest rate debt, which is likely a credit card that you have in your life. Nice. So Joel, I think a big question that folks would have then is to differentiate between what makes up a low interest payment versus like a high interest payment, like you said, right? Like a credit card that has a high percentage rate. What is that? Like, where does that need to land before someone starts really attacking that high interest 
rate. Sure. I think there's a good kind of rule of thumb that people can work with. And I think the maybe line of demarcation is somewhere in that six to 8% range. Mm -hmm. And between six and eight is kind of this gray area that you kind of have to exercise some wisdom on, but really any debt that you have above an 8% interest rate is debt that you want to be working to pay off as quickly as possible. Yeah, pretty seriously. Yeah. And so in particular, the highest interest rate debt that you have first. So uh, example, you have three credit cards, each with uh, balances of $4,000 for a total of $12,000 in debt. And one credit card has an interest rate of 24%. Another has an interest rate of 19%. And the other one has an interest rate of 12% because it's with a credit union. Um, <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> ultimately, you're going to want to start paying off the 24% first, paying the minimums on the 19 and the 14. Once you get the 24% credit card paid off, you'll move on to the 19% credit card and, and funnel as much extra money as you can towards that debt until you pay that off while paying the minimums on the 14% credit card. And then you'll move on to the 14%, paying that off as quickly as possible. But any debts that you have kind of below that 6 to 8% rate, those are going to be debts that you're going to want to continue to pay just the minimum amount on. So if in addition to those credit cards, you have a mortgage and student loans that are both below 5 or 6%, you don't even think about starting to pay those down more quickly until you've eliminated all of that credit card debt. Yeah, man, certainly. And that could even be considered good debt, right? Like those mortgages and the different payments that you have at say four or 5%, like those are the rates where you might say, you know what, I'm just going to pay this out to the end of the term, you know, as agreed upon, because I know that I can take that money instead of paying that down and invest that elsewhere. So specific example in my life, Matt, yeah. I have a home mortgage at 3.75% for a 30-year term. And on top of that, the interest that I pay on that mortgage is tax deductible, which makes my effective rate even lower than that. So if I have $400 extra a month, well, there's no reason for me to pay down my mortgage more quickly. I'd rather take that money and funnel it into my 401k at work, essentially saving more for my future and at the same time, creating even more tax advantages for myself. Yeah. Or taking that money and putting that towards a down payment, maybe on another property that is going to be an investment, right? And so that's what's so important and what's so key in this in, in this situation is that if you take that additional money, you need to invest it because if you instead just take that additional money and you eat it, <laughs> like you put that towards your lifestyle, then from a number standpoint, that extra $400 would be better spent paying down that 3.75% mortgage because at least in that case, you'd be earning almost 4%. That's the biggest difference is that you need to be disciplined and you kind of need to know yourself. Let's follow off my example and say I had an extra $400 a month, but instead of putting it towards my 401k or towards another investment property, I was setting it aside in a Bank of America checking account earning an annual rate of return of 0.01%. Oh, you mean basically zero? <laughs> that is a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> and my money would be put to much better use, paying down that mortgage more quickly. You would at least be making close to 4% in that example. And I also wouldn't be paying taxes on the eight cents I would earn throughout yeah. the year, <laughs> right? <laughs> on that checking account with the big bank. Yeah, man. On that note, I think it's worth mentioning uh, that instead of putting it in a Bank of America checking account where it's earning basically 0%, mentioning the money market account that you've been using recently, right? The CIT money market account. Yeah. And when I signed up for it, the rate was 1.75 and they've already bumped it up again to 1.85. 
which is kind of unheard of these days. But yeah, that's awesome. So if you want to know more about that, check out the article on our site, poornotpoor.com. Yeah, you should easily be able to find that article on our website. Uh, but if not, just search CIT in the search bar. Yeah, Matt. So when it comes down to that order of paying off debt, you know, some people decide that they're going to pay off their mortgage as quickly as possible, even though it's what we would consider to be good debt. Yeah, for some folks, it seems like it kind of weighs on them, you know, like they can't sort of stomach it. Like in their heads, it's like this big, terrible thing. But what we're trying to encourage folks to do is to think about it. Because in reality, keeping that debt around might be much smarter from a financial standpoint. We can't speak to the emotions of it because, I mean, ideally, we want you to try to remove your emotions from the situation and, and truly just look at the numbers and to think, okay, what does this actually mean if I were to keep this debt around? What could I actually do with that money instead? There's a natural sort of tendency to try to avoid debt because generally speaking, that's good advice. <laughs> like, I don't want to discount anyone that says, oh, yeah, you should pay off your debts because for a lot of folks out there in the world today, that might be what they need to do. But if you kind of want to take it to the next level, and that's what we're here talking about, look at the numbers and actually consider what you could do with that money instead of paying down that low interest debt. Man, and I think another argument that a lot of folks have for wanting to go, just go ahead and be done with debt and, and paying it down is because they want to simplify even what we might consider to be good debt, right? Like a mortgage. They say, oh, I just want to kind of simplify to where I don't have to worry about it. Well, you know, if it's on auto pay, you don't really have to think about it. Like it's, it's getting drafted every month, you know, the amount. It's not like it's going to be a surprise. And then again, you can decide what you want to do with that additional money. It doesn't have to necessarily be a super complicated thing. You can just invest it in the market. Fairly simple. I think when people say that they want to simplify their life from a financial standpoint, I just think that argument is overused. So yeah, if you are already in debt, don't be in a rush to pay that off necessarily. Yeah, remember the rule of thumb. 6% is kind of a good figure to go off of. And debts that you have that are a lot higher than that, well, those are debts you're going to want to tackle more quickly. Non-variable interest rate debts that you have below that 6% line, well, those are debts that you can afford just to pay as agreed over time. But if you're considering taking on new debt, here's a couple things to consider. Try and keep your debt to a minimum and make sure that your debt to income ratio doesn't get out of whack. Ultimately, you want to be really, really careful to shop around for the best rates and find banks who are keeping costs down. Make sure to compare lots of different options when you're financing a home. Whatever you can do to lower the rates and carrying costs of your debt is pretty much always a good thing. Dude, I feel like that's something that you are actually really good at. I feel like you always end up shopping it around a bunch. And I think that a lot of people don't do that. And they kind of just go with the very first bank that they call or, you know, like the first mortgage mortgage lender that their realtor recommends because they're like, oh yeah, talk to so-and-so. They, they, do, they do great work. <laughs> and then they end up paying half a point higher and the closing costs are a lot more. Uh, yeah, shop it around. That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And that could end up meaning hundreds or more than a thousand dollars on the day of closing. And then it could end up meaning tens of thousands of oh, dollars yeah. over the life of your mortgage. Oh, easily. All right, Matt, back to the beer. Hoppin' Frogs Infusion A Coffee Porter. Wait, what's called Infusion A? As in like A? Like Canadian A? <laughs> I wish. No, just the letter. Oh, as in like, this is Infusion A and there's an Infusion B? Yep. Oh, okay, sweet. <laughs> Have you had Infusion B or C? No, but if Hoppin' Frog wants to send us some, we'll totally take it. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't want to put too much weight on a brewery's labeling and like their, their branding, but I got to be honest, 
not my favorite at all. That being said, the beer is really good though. Yeah, even though porters aren't necessarily one of my favorite styles, this is really nice. It's got that kind of peanut butter, chocolate, coffee, almost has like a Reese's cup kind of quality oh, to it. <laughs> Very nice. I e- like that. Even though the mouthfeel is a little bit thin, it's still a kind of fun beer to drink. Yeah, I think for a lot of folks out there that aren't drawn to the hoppy sort of bitter IPAs that, that they've had out there, if you know you don't like IPAs, then porters are, are definitely kind of the porters and stouts or beers you want to try. And yeah, look this one up. This might be one that you find yourself drawn to. Let's go ahead and do a wrap up. First, we want to challenge you listeners to not blindly pay off debt. Specifically, don't blindly pay off low interest debt that you have locked in at that low rate. That's right. There's such a thing as good debt, like mortgages and student loans that are typically borrowed at pretty low interest rates and are actually creating value in your life at the same time. And then contrary to that is bad debt. So typically, this is debt where you're borrowing money to pay for something that depreciates. And essentially, what this is, is consumer debt. This is stuff that you are just consuming. You're using it to pad your lifestyle. It is not growing and is not increasing your wealth. This is the kind of debt that you want to avoid at all costs. Yeah, ultimately, debt is kind of like a tool and it can be used really well or really poorly. Take student loans for an example. Yeah, student loans can kind of fall on that fence, right? It can definitely be good, right? <laughs> and it can also be really bad for someone that doesn't have a plan. Yeah, just like ice cream's good, if you have three cartons of it, it's pretty bad, <laughs> right? And same thing with, with student loans. If you're judicious about the amount of student loans that you take out and the benefit that you ultimately receive from having that college degree translates well into the workforce, well then, bam, you just made a great <laughs> debt decision. But just make sure that you're wielding that debt tool thoughtfully. Yeah, man, that's right. So a good rule of thumb then for folks, if you're considering paying down debt is if you have any debt that is below 6%, you want to think twice about paying that that down. That might be debt that would be considered good that you could keep around uh, where you could use any additional money that you have to instead of paying that down to instead invest. And that's what's key. You want to invest that additional money. Yeah. But if you've got debts with higher interest rates above that 6% line of demarcation, you're going to want to go hard at those things. Yeah, so create a strategy, a plan of attack to get rid of those super high interest rate debts first and as quickly as possible. But conversely, don't be in a rush to pay off that fixed rate low interest debt because there's a strong likelihood that you could be putting your money to work for you in places that will earn you a better return. Phew, Matt, that's... (laughs) (laughs) This one is a tough one, right? Dude, not the easiest topic to discuss. Because so much of this comes down to the individual, it's hard to say that there are hard and fast rules for calling certain debt bad and certain debt good. You need to know yourself. You need to know if you are actually going to invest or not. Yeah. That being said, I think we gave some really good general principles for people to follow. And if you're going to put that money aside in a savings account, dude, better to pay down even the 3.5% rate mortgage than just stashing it in a savings account earning you next to nothing. Yeah. You may as well just bury it in the ground which is a bad idea <laughs> or under your mattress, right? Yeah, just as bad. Thanks everyone for listening. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. We'll have show notes up there for this episode. Yeah. And if you like what you hear, please review and subscribe us on Apple podcasts or on Castbox. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. Best friends out. Best friends out.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.